0: Hello and welcome to the Culture Swally, a podcast dedicated to Scottish news and pop culture. My name is Nicky and I'm joined, as always, by the man who I like to refer to as the Lord of Beers. It's Greg. How are you today, Greg? Very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine. Uh, have you been uh, drinking many beers over the, the weekend, <laughs> to so I can- yeah, qualify yeah. the the title I've just bestowed upon you. I
1: did. add a few beers yesterday, so I was um, as I was. I was just kind of noodling in the kitchen all day yesterday. And when I don't have anything to do, I quite enjoy doing a bit of cooking and having a few beers at the same time.
0: Yeah, there's nothing better, isn't it, mm. it? I I love that. You know, making them um, a nice like dinner. Some, it takes like a while to cook yep. and you just have a few beers or a, a bottle of wine um, yeah. <laughs>
1: whilst you're cooking. Like,
0: yep. There's nothing better than that, is a. I lo- love making like a, a dish that asks for like a, a glass of red wine and then you just have the rest of the bottle whilst you're cooking.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was good and I listened to a couple of uh, uh, albums that I've not listened to for many a year. Uh, they were talking about them, are not we, in our Group chat, but, uh, Manson, Attack of the Grey Lantern, and then, uh, the Marion album, which I hadn't heard for a very, very, very long time. Good. Yeah, it's a wonderful album, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Mm-hmm. But I was going to ask you something. If this ever happened to you, mm. so you used to live here in Dubai, right? Um, <laughs> and I'm assuming that the company you worked for shared shared a building with maybe other businesses, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm exactly the same. So the the other day, I was in the toilet, like in 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 the cubicle, because that was the need, and I heard the unmistakable sounds of a guy having a wank a few stalls down. <laughs> You know, like at first I wasn't sure what I was hearing and then <laughs> after a couple of moments it became it was it was unquestionable what was going on. What was it like in a heavy breathing or grunting? Are you sure you just wasn't having a massive shit? There was definitely, I mean, don't make me like whack my cheek off my teeth to I'm not recreate <laughs> the make noise. You do that. Uh, okay. <laughs> it was pretty clear. Um that it was having a wank. And I just thought to myself, I mean, as an I mean, I remember being a teenager. And when you're a teenager and, you, and you've and you discovered this superpower that all boys have when you're about like 12 or 13, it's very difficult to leave yourself alone. But uh, as an mm. adult, <laughs> I think, think, hey, you know, a bit more self-control.
0: Yeah, I've never been at work and had that urgent need to um, go and relieve myself so we speak um no i mean well the office i worked in um we it was a a 40 floor building um but the company i worked for owned the top two floors right okay. so there was the only people Well, in fact that's a lie because i did discover people were um, coming up to our floor to have a shit because <laughs> i guess our toilets were nicer right. um in fact there was one oh christ i remember this right there was there was a guy caught in the ladies toilets taking photos Oh my! um and yeah that was a big hr instant and then in fact yeah then they um they installed uh like code entry onto the toilet mm. so you had to have the code to to put in if you wanted to go and spend a penny so if you were in urgent need of a wank then you would have to <laughs> run and put in your code and then go in and um, in, enjoy yourself.
1: Yeah i being in urgent need of a wank. I remember somebody who is also known to you who I went to school with claims that he managed to through his genes wank himself off in history when we were about 14 or 15. I didn't sit beside him um, and <laughs> thankfully uh, but he uh you you know a guy who shared a flat with him um yeah, yeah I, I know who you're yeah. talking about <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was like well how did you manage it and he said i just sort of bar- just sort of slipped my cock down my trouser leg and then just you know subtly rubbed away until until I was finished i was like that is was it fucking a rank per- <laughs> particularly sexy history lesson or was it just did he get aroused learning
0: about the the war or <laughs> i think about the
1: i, I think <laughs> i think what i think what the what the kind of what, what sort of spurred it was, um, and we we actually mentioned this on the very very first episode of the Swally, I think. But my but he was very 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 keen on a girl in her class. Well, not in her class in her year, because you know she she was in a few. We we had, we had a few subjects with her. If I remember right, history was one of them. But he um, in in addition to the romantic gesture, <laughs> the romantic tribute of wanking himself off in history, sitting a few feet behind her, he also sent her a birthday card into the birthday spot on and television. <laughs> 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 I do remember you mentioned that. That's fucking brilliant. The birthday spot. Fucking wonderful. Robin Galloway read out his card, I think.
0: Oh, at least it was Robin Galloway and not Kennedy Thompson. Did you ever, um, did you ever get a card read out in the birthday spot, or was that something <laughs> that you aspired to? I,
1: I never ever really watched the birthday spot. I would always turn over to get ready for neighbours coming on at half past five, um, and watch and watch like the end of whatever it was—Blue Peter or if my mum wasn't in Grange Hill. that <laughs> <he> couldn't roll <laughs> over something. Um, but I remember once when I was in, when I was like seventeen, a girl from the village. <laughs> That we lived in uh, Was in first year And she She was a bit She used to follow me About a bit and stuff And um, she got me uh, there's a, I don't know if it's still there But there used to be A radio station Out at Peterhead Called North East Community Radio And she got a request On the radio for me um, And taped hmm. it Because they used to Do a request show In the evening I never listened to it Like I, I, I The reason I really knew about it Is because I used to work In a kennels At the weekend Cleaning out the kennels And stuff And uh, the woman That owned the kennels Used to pipe it Through the speakers For the dogs um, so that so like I was aware of it, but I never I never went my way to listen to it. Uh, but apparently they did the request show sort of early evening, um, and she got me a request like an Oasis song, and she taped it off the radio when they played it, Aww. and gave me the tape. It was like twelve. I was like, come back. <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> 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 I, just, I, had to, I had to let her down gently She she's come to the door and everything To see if I was going out and stuff My mother had to say to her one day Look, Greg is far too old for you Go and, go and call I just said her name, shit Greg is-, <laughs> Greg is far too old for you Go and, uh, go and call in a boy your own age <laughs> what, uh, what was the Oasis song? Uh, you, I think do you it, remember? Yeah, it was um, Don't Look Back in Anger Because that was in the charts at the time Oh, it's a uh, very appropriate so. Yeah, I'm not looking back in anger. I'm looking back in fond reminiscence. My, my mother might look back mm-hmm. in anger for the main it. See,
0: maybe she was looking back in anger when uh, your mother slammed the door in her face. He's too old for you. <laughs> we we'll bugger off. She's turn up come back in a few years.
1: Just turn up with presents and stuff like bars of chocolate and all sorts. It's fucking weird. Oh, lovely. <clears throat> yeah. Oh well. Wonder whatever happened to her? Oh dear, I can imagine. Pretty sure, pretty sure the next object of affection wasn't as gentlemanly as I was.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, right. Moving swiftly on. Uh, right, shall we have a look at what's been happening in Scotland over the last couple of weeks? Hear the jingle.
1: Hello, this is the Outer Hebrides Broadcasting Corporation. And here is what's been going on in the news.
0: Okay, Greg. So, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm still laughing. <laughs> right, uh, <laughs> what have you seen in the last couple of weeks that has been uh, caught your attention or your affection in, uh, in <laughs> Scotland?
1: Uh, okay. Um, well, it's, it's, it's been a while since we've had a bit of uh, unexplicable sort of mob violence on the story in the swally. Um, so I picked <laughs> this one, um, from the daily record. It was. Uh, it was on the 30th of January So just last week. The headline is Sold Out Jersey Boys Show In Edinburgh Stopped After Fights Break Out In The Audience So of course J- Jersey Boys is the Famous long running musical About the career of Frankie Valley And the Four Seasons. <laughs> it goes on A sold out production of the West End musical The Jersey Boys was halted after Fights broke out among the audience Staff at the Edinburgh Playhouse were Forced to rush into the auditorium to Deal with what appeared to be a full on fistfight in the balcony (laughs) about 30 minutes before the hit show was due to finish. Witnesses said the Ramy started when two audience members were being rowdy uh, during the performance which led to complaints from other theatre goers. Staff asked them to calm down but it exploded into a violent confrontation with one man appearing to resist and throw punches at the workers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, police were called and the show was halted to allow staff and police time to deal with the incident Uh, it's understood that a second argument also broke out in the stalls which further delayed the show for about 20 minutes. Uh, Jersey Boys, which recounts the story of Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons, is one of the musical theatre's most popular shows and has been playing to packed audiences in its two-week run in Edinburgh. One audience member said, A man was really loud and annoying people, so staff asked him to calm down. But because he was drunk, he took offence and started throwing punches. It took about four ushers to restrain him. And then another <laughs> fight broke out in the stalls. The curtain came down... And the lights went up. It was a shame to see the Playhouse staff get assaulted like that. A police spokesman said a 51-year-old man and a 54-year-old woman have been arrested (laughs) and charged in connection with the incident. There was no one available at the Playhouse for comment. So imagine that you are an actor, right? A member of a musical company. It's, you know, you're touring the world with this sell out, super successful show, you can't wait to go and perform in Edinburgh, you've never been to Scotland, you've only ever seen Edinburgh on the TV, looks like one of the most beautiful places on earth, you can't wait to go and perform for the Edinburgh audience (laughs) and then there's a fucking riot (laughs) in the audience, (laughs) I mean, how do you get in a fight at Jersey Boys? I mean, I could imagine
0: if this was young people, but it's a 51-year-old and a (laughs) 54-year-old woman that um, got arrested. I mean, like, I kind of, I could see, I mean, it's not funny, but there was a story a couple of months ago of N-dubs were (laughs) doing, like, a comeback tour, Mm -hmm. and they were playing in Glasgow, and there was a fight broke out, and there's a clip doing the rounds on social media. Um, Talisa is, like, Mm -hmm. sat at the front of the stage singing, and somebody throws a mobile phone at her and it hits her on the head. <laughs> like, like, you know, only in Glasgow. But um, I can imagine in an N-dubs concert, but i a- production of the Jersey Boys like, and there's a a full on fight I wonder what started it like, and for it to be, what do you say it was like 30 minutes before the end of the show so it's not like, did did someone get upset and there was an altercation about their favourite Frankie Valli song or something like,
1: what the fuck? I don't know no idea, I mean we could like fold lots of quips in like uh, the the ushers were begging the people to stop uh... (laughs) The uh, you know, maybe maybe the guy who started fighting had been advised to walk like a man, and he thought that somebody was perhaps uh taking issue with his masculinity. And maybe the 54 year old woman was told big girls don't cry as she was being <laughs> dragged away by the police. <laughs> I, 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 I'm delighted
0: to hear that you've done a lot of prep for this, <laughs> um, this episode, Craig. You've obviously. Been sent Googling Frankie Valley songs um, before recording. So I thank you very much for that. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't even imagine. I, I don't think I've ever seen a fight in a, a theatre or anything. Have
1: you? Or? Um, I've seen people fight in like Tina Park. Um, but not, yeah, but not in the, that's... not like at the stage or anything. Usually in the, usually in the campsite. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, no, I can't imagine it. Yeah, no,
0: I've I've seen yeah, as you say, I've seen fights at concerts and stuff, but I've I've never seen a a fight at a, a theatre production. Yeah, but,
1: don't know. It's crazy. Maybe, maybe the 51 year old man and the 54 year old woman had been on the sherry. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. I wonder what set that off. I'd love to know, actually. I'd, I'd
0: love to know what Set that off, yeah. and what caused that fight?
1: That was another Frankie Valley song uh, title that I dropped in there when I would have mentioned the sherry. But it's maybe one that you've oh, I see. before. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, no, that went that went over my head. I'm I'm sorry. I um I didn't give that
0: the the credit it deserved. It's okay, my apologies for that. I'm
1: sure the audience will will will.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm sure we are big in the Frankie Valley demographic.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, And you know, Frankie Valley was in the last series of the Sopranos. Yes, I do. Yeah. 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 He gets shot in the head in in his car in his own driveway. (laughs) Spoilers. Anyway, that's my first story this week. What's your first what's your first Scottish news story? Uh,
0: my first story is from the Scottish Sun this week, Greg. And it's something that I don't think you're going to like because I know you have a bit of a phobia about this. But I love the headline. And the headline is, It's Scary Doll. As in, it's Mary yeah. Doll. Um, so a haunted doll has been sent back to Scotland amid claims it terrorised a schoolboy in New Zealand. The hand-painted doll, uh, named Emily, is feared to have been possessed by the lad's Scots-born late grandmother. Um, The disabled woman took the doll with her uh, when she emigrated to Auckland to be with her son's family because she could no longer care for herself. But she hated living overseas and often kicked off in frustration. I don't know if she kicked off if she was in a wheelchair. Um, When she died, Emily was put in a box In the grandson's wardrobe, and it is claimed to have had a harrowing effect on him. He started suffering nightmares and violent episodes in the middle of the night, even punching a hole in his bedroom wall. When the doll was moved to the garage, the boy fainted and kept banging his head off a chair. His mum, who did not want to be named, said, The doll scares the family. (laughs) We all agreed she was acting the same as his grandmother. (laughs)
1: Who was acting the same? The wee boy was acting the same.
0: Uh, Yeah, the wee boy was acting the same as uh, as his grandmother did. Um, She she contacted a Kiwi paranormal expert, Mark Wallbanks, and he added, "He's sure that my son's anger and mood changes." are to do with the doll. In November, Mark flew 12,000 miles to Scotland to hand Emily to spook investigator Liam Shand, who took her into his Inverness home. Liam, who is a co-founder of Highland Paranormal, said she's been very quiet and calm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Emily, the doll is now quiet and calm. Now she's back in Inverness. So, mm. um, yeah, you uh, you hate a, a haunted doll, Type story, I mean, don't you? I don't,
1: I'm not a fan, I hate haunted dolls, but I mean, really, I just hate all dolls, <laughs> haunted or otherwise. Yeah. just going to the creeps, especially those old fashioned sort of marble eyed dolls that they've got in the museum in Edinburgh.
0: Well, that is exactly what Emily is. She is that kind of, you know, um, porcelain kind of doll. Mm-hmm. So she's a, a spooky bitch, that's for sure. <laughs> um but yeah, so the poor son, or grandson, had her, why would you put the, I guess, storage reasons, putting the, the doll in his wardrobe, but yeah, he he started acting out and being a little dick, just like his grandmother was, <laughs> so they're convinced that the this doll kind of possessed him.
1: I mean, nothing against Inverness, but I think if I was given the choice between Inverness and New Zealand, <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know, but then if she was elderly, like I, I can see kind of the, the... Maybe she hated, you know, living abroad. She maybe missed Telex Tea Cakes or um, Scottish Blend tea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm sure you can get all of those things there, you know, and I'm sure yeah. it's an expat shop. But but still, I mean, you know what? You maybe just like living in your own country, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's difficult for us to, to say. I mean, yeah. at least, I know I haven't lived in Scotland for, well, oh, 2007 I left, so... um. It's been a long time, Mm -hmm. and obviously I still miss it very much. But you know, I'm I'm fine with not living there.
1: You're not going to so if you if you end up dying, you're not going to possess any of your wrestling figures. (laughs) Piss that terrorising uh, anchor Until you send, until she sends them back to Scotland Yeah, I might do yeah, I need to pick which one I think
0: um, Papa Shango would be a good um, good bet <laughs> yeah. I think and Kind of, you know, voodoo-ish uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. possess Papa Shango And
1: um, come back and haunt my wife Yeah. I mean, do we, do, we, do we think this is true? Or do we think that it's maybe bollocks? No, it's all b- <laughs> <process>. <laughs> this is There's no
0: way that's true <laughs> Fucking haunted dog Jesus Christ a Load of shite yeah. the um <laughs> the, the grandson has probably had too much sugar or has some sort of undiagnosed um they aren't issue hey? yeah. that yeah he he needs to um they need to get him addressed they, they they um they would have been better off going to a doctor rather than a fucking paranormal <laughs> expert. Yeah. And, <laughs> getting somebody to fly 12,000 miles to pick up a doll and take it back to Inverness. Um, I think maybe they should have um, checked the the E numbers in mm. his Robinson's drink, or um, maybe just, yeah, go and, go and see a doctor and maybe get him checked.
1: Well, that's the thing. I think like, modern parents just assume that they are doing the best job. And then so mm. if one of their kids starts acting out, rather than examine themselves... <laughs> Or to your point, take him to like a specialist. It can't be any of those things, because he's obviously perfect. We are perfect. He must be possessed. <laughs> he's possessed by
0: a haunted doll that
1: lives in his fucking <laughs> yeah. bedroom cupboard. Yeah. It's
0: the, it's the only explanation. There's nothing else that could be it's obviously his grandmother yes. come back from the grave possessing this dog. It's obviously his
1: crabby ungrateful grandmother that's yeah,
0: <laughs> making him kick the wall. It's not just that he's that fucking little cunt, it's that it's obviously possessed. He's losing his shit because he doesn't
1: get another fruit shoot or
0: something. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. It's obviously he's possessed yeah. by the devil.
1: Yeah, it's the only explanation, Greg. The only explanation. Well, I'll be sure to remember that the next time when one of my kids starts acting like a prick. <laughs> yeah, you better check their uh, their
0: wardrobes for dolls yeah. or
1: anything else. <clears throat> okay,
0: uh, right. What else have you seen this week, Greg?
1: All right, yeah. So from Jersey Boys to an iconic uh, jersey. Um, this is the story about. Uh, this is a story rather from the second of February. Um, so Jim Baxter, uh, former Rangers player and Scottish mm. international, um, his iconic 1967 Scotland jersey sparks a dispute over the true owner just hours before it goes to auction. Two Falkirk mm. businessmen claim that the strip, that their strip, sorry, is the real deal. As auctioneers prepare to sell off the shirt, they claim was worn by Slim Jim at Scotland's historic three. To victory over England at Wembley. Now, the reason it was such a historic victory for um, perhaps younger listeners who aren't familiar uh, is because this was the first time that Scotland had played England at home, uh, England's home of Wembley, I should say, after, I mean, you might not know this because they hardly ever mention it, but England won the World (laughs) Cup in 1966. Um, And the Scotland, the the team that, that that came out against Scotland uh, in the game we're talking about is the same uh, World Cup winning team and uh, there's a very famous picture of uh, Jim Baxter playing Keep You Up near the touchline uh, as the Scotland players ran riot in the last sort of 15-20 minutes. So, uh, a dispute over the true owner of Jim Baxter's iconic 1967 Scotland jersey has broken out just hours before it's due to go under the hammer. Respected auction house McTears is to sell off what they claim to be the real strip worn by the legendary footballer when he helped steer the national side to the historic 3-2 victory over England at Wembley, saying it could fetch up the £60,000. But Falkirk businessmen Andrew Dixon and David Wishart have told the record that their dads snapped up the genuine article for £17,500 at a 1991 dinner auction attended by Baxter himself, who died in 2001. Uh, The pair, who have pictures of themselves posing with former Rangers midfielder Jim in the framed shirt as schoolboys, have have presented their case to McTears and urged them to halt the sale of the rival jersey. But valuers, who claim the law is the most important scotland football jersey ever to come to auction that's in quotation marks by the way told them (laughs) the authenticity of their number six jersey is cast iron which is also in quotation marks Uh, andrew 40 said we just want to preserve the legacy behind the jersey that to us is the most important thing we have a huge amount of verification behind our shirt we have a member of the Baxter family who confirmed the shirt we bought was billed as the jersey he wore at the match. We have spoken <laughs> to football pundit Chick Young, who got the shirt directly from Jim and auctioned it off back in 1991. Uh, McTears have not asked to see our shirt or had any meaningful dialogue about it. We have spoken to them and emailed them our evidence, but the thing that shocked and surprised us both was the response. They have disregarded everything was said to them. Her dads bought the shirt back in 1991 with a business partner. They have zero interest in sell in the jersey. It's of no consequence to us at all and there'll be no monetary gain at our end. All we want to do is preserve the authenticity of our item because we believe someone else is going to be conned. David, 43, said studying the cuffs on the shirt worn by the Scotland squad that day has also reinforced his belief that the strip is a real deal. Maybe they stink of vodka. He said when you look at said <laughs> when you look at pictures from that game and you look at the cuffs on the jerseys they are different from the one being offered at auction but the ones we have on our jersey are the same. So the reason I picked this story, it was so I could ask you a question, right? And I'm going mm-hmm. to put you in a spot a bit but if you yeah. could have uh, a jersey from any player uh, who has played in a very important game, could be an Aberdeen game or a Scotland mm-hmm. game which jersey would you have?
0: Uh, William Miller's jersey from the 1983 Cup Winners Cup Final when Aberdeen beat Real Madrid two one. No messing.
1: I wonder where that jersey yeah. do you know where that jersey is? I, I, in no pathology maybe? In the museum in pathology? No idea. But that is for me just
0: such an iconic um jersey. So yeah, yeah I'd I would I'd have that. Without a doubt. Uh, what about yourself?
1: Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, it would be cool to have uh, Archie Gemmell's jersey from him scoring against Holland in 1978. Mm. But I'm not sure I could look at it without the vision of uh, Kelly McDonald and Ian McGregor <laughs> shagging and chain spotting. Um, but that that would be a good one to have, I think, um, if I was being put in the spot. I think. Perhaps more a more recent one. Be quite good to have Craig Burley's jersey for his goal against uh, Norway in the mm. in the France World Cup. You know? I
0: mean, the obvious answer is you're going to go with something like um, Michael Jordan's 23 jersey from you know some one of the Bulls' winning games yeah. because that would be worth a fortune and you could sell it and probably retire. Mm-hmm. However, if you're wanting it for sentimental reasons, then yeah, of course you're going to want something that's um, that's more fitting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I've been in the. This- I've been in the trophy room in Petojary but it was like a long time ago like 1998 something like that. I don't really remember if they had any jerseys framed up on the walls in the trophy room. Not sure. Yeah, but it's been a, a long
0: time since I've been there. I, I couldn't remember. Um be worth finding out if if Willie Miller still has that or if he swapped it with a... Well, he wouldn't have swapped it with a Real Madrid player because obviously the iconic photo is him holding the trophy aloft and -hmm. um, everyone's wearing their Aberdeen kit.
1: I I guess you didn't swap jerseys back in the
0: day. But then in a cup final... I guess you don't swap jerseys. No, I was cause...
1: just about to say that. I, I can't. I, I can't think of any. I mean, I've. I've I, I know, like a friendly or maybe a, a group stage game. You know, if you mm. if I, I don't know if Scotland were playing Argentina or something, I'm sure that I'm sure that it would be a, It would be good to get Messi's shirt or one of those guys. Do you know what I mean? If they swap shirts at the end,
0: I can't imagine. Well, that was the um, famous story um, that came out recently, and it was one of the England players that had. Maradona's shirt from the the infamous you know Hand of God game I can't remember which player it was it was like a, an innocuous kind of English player right. that got his jersey and like after full time they were in the dressing room and the players were kind of going mental at him for having this like why the fuck do you, you know why did you take that Um, you know a little cheating bastard and i think that shirt recently sold for some sort of ridiculous amount of money let me just double check um yeah this is from last year um that sold for uh nine million dollars wow Who's <laughs> <He's> laughing now <laughs> yeah so um yeah i mean that's a famous uh kind of of jersey that you would you would, wouldn't mind if owning that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously as a Scotsman, I would have quite liked to have owned that jersey. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> <that's>, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd a lot of money to be made in uh, in famous jerseys. For it sure. Seems, and jersey boys as well.
1: I <laughs> imagine, um, imagine uh, a few of Pele's shirts uh, yeah. probably go for a lot of money from his career. Probably, I imagine Messi probably as well. Uh, after he retires, a lot of his jerseys will be from his sort of, Champions League games and these World Cup games and mm. stuff will be highly sought after. But yeah, it'll be interesting to know. Um, I mean, you got to think that Willie Miller, that's the sort of thing that he's probably got in a frame in his house, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I would hope it's so. Like, his, like the highest point of his ca- his ca- playing career. You ever want yeah. yeah. You'd only sell it if you were Sort of like, kind of George Bested <laughs> in a bad way, and needed money, you know. But the mother's a shrewd businessman, as we know. So, uh, so yeah. Mm, yeah. Anyway, so that's my second story. Uh, what's your next story this week?
0: Um, so, my next story is from the Daily Record this week, Greg, and it is a Scots Garden Centre that made a drug-related joke about their addictive chicken curry has been forced to apologise. Threplins Garden Centre in Elgin sparked outrage online when they posted a photo of the dish on Facebook. Alongside the image, the eatery advertised their cocaine curry, (laughs) adding that the chef must have sprinkled something addictive into the food. Um, So the post has now been amended uh, due to the volume of angry feedback from customers who didn't appreciate the joke about Class A drugs. The garden centre staff also joked that they intended to type coconut curry, but blamed predictive text. Yeah, because predictive text will always be coconut. Oh, did you mean cocaine? Yes. Um, In the original post, the garden centre said, Cocaine curry? I'm pretty sure the kitchen must sprinkle something addictive into our curry because I just can't get enough of it. Today looks like a day for a hearty meal. Take a trip to Threplands and try our cocaine curry for yourself. So the predictive text has obviously changed it twice in the same post. Um, Angry customers quickly flooded in as one person said... Seriously bad choice of words. While another added that it was extremely unprofessional of the local business. Another social media user said, Look, I love a good funny post, but this was pretty close to the bone. (laughs) And I just knew as soon as I read that reference, that all hell was going to (laughs) break loose. Others, however, were less amused by the post, praising the staff for not taking things too seriously. One poster said, You should try the mushroom soup. It's magic. (laughs) (laughs) Someone else said, you guys nailed it for getting attention. Jeez, if people are that upset, just scroll past. These comments are hilarious. <laughs> a Sarah poster said, my family has been ripped apart and lives destroyed by drugs. But you know what? I kind of still find this post <laughs> lighthearted and funny. <laughs> There's too much seriousness and negativity in the world. Life is for a living. Stop picking negative spots. Just enjoy it and be happy. And maybe even treat yourself to some cocaine curry. <laughs> Uh, the Garden Centre late, later said, um, Marmite, different posts for different folks. Would you believe it? It was predictive text. Coconut curry is what we meant to say. <laughs> we love humour, uh, sometimes close to the line, but apologies if we overstepped the mark today. No offence was meant, and uh, it brought equal parts joy as it did upset. <laughs> Thought process, miserable day. Ooh, curry, it's addictive. What else is addictive? End of. No more thought giving. Poking fun at me for being addicted to it. Let us know if you like our Facebook page. So, uh, yeah, someone's obviously had a bit of a laugh and went cocaine curry. It's kind of got a bit out of hand. Um, People have got offended and they've had to apologise. But come on, come up with a better reason than, oh, it was predictive text i know. meant to say coconut <laughs> curry but um it it spelt cocaine instead i mean obviously whoever's in charge of that social media you need to maybe drug test them because if they are spelling out cocaine um that often then if, if their predictive text is saying that
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be checked um coconut curry cocaine curry what would you prefer uh i think definitely coconut curry um yeah, it's a weird one. Come down to Threadlands for a few lines of our addictive quick cocaine curry.
0: <laughs> can buy some roses and then have a, a cocaine curry while we'll yeah. you at it. Lovely. Yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, that has to be a... Oh, come on. It's quite funny. You it's, know, I, it's I like it funny. when... Um, companies do sort of a a social media thing like that and it's obviously light-hearted and they
1: thought that was a good idea but obviously got a bit of backlash well i don't understand why people get so fucking upset over something like that you know what i mean (sighs) (laughs) it's ridiculous i mean i just don't get how you could be offended yeah you know it was obviously done on purpose as you've said but it's just just a bit of a joke do you know what i mean like okay maybe in hindsight perhaps a little bit blunt maybe but you know don't get so fucking upset about it. Well, just take
0: light from the poster that obviously said my family has been ripped apart and lives destroyed <laughs> by drugs. But you know what? I still find this post funny. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've obviously taken the you know taken it as it was probably intended. Just a bit of a joke. Mm-hmm. Like our curry is so addictive. It's you know, cocaine. Um, you know, they didn't pick smack. You know? <laughs> yes. they I Not mean, that bad. But yeah. um so I think uh, it's it's just a bit lighthearted. It's just saying, you know, our, our curry is so good that yeah, you're gonna want more. Yeah. Just like,
1: you know, cocaine or <laughs> crack. It's very addictive. Very Moorish. Yeah. <laughs> so we here, you know, so we here <laughs> oh anyway. So if you want some good cocaine curry, then you know where to go. I mean, if I, um, if I was in the market for a curry, I'm not sure a garden centre would be the first place that I'd be it off to, do you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, you got to think that, but um, obviously it's very good, very addictive. Um, but yeah, you're right, garden centre is not the first place I would think to go to. You have, I really fancy a curry, you <laughs> yeah. Go to and Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See what they've got.
1: Never mind.
0: Okay, um, have you seen anything else this week, Greg?
1: Um, No, I don't think so. I think that was it. I mean, there was a good one about Angel the dog... Who ripped managed to rip through his let his letter box. Um, letterbox <laughs> and uh, there's a quite a nice picture of of him pleased as fuck with himself with his head poking out of the hole that he's made <laughs> <in the door. laughs> I do like that kind of thing uh, f- four hundred pounds worth of damage. Uh, he's what kind of dog is said Let me just check. He's a he's a, a, a Akita an Akita XL bully. Okay. Never heard. Oh uh, wow. So yeah, but he looks like quite a character. Uh, but that's it. What well, um. What else have you seen this weekend? Uh,
0: the only last thing I have is I, I do like this when there is a, a famous fan of a Scottish football team. Mm. So, you know, we have, I guess, in Scotland, I guess, you know, famously Lorraine Kelly is a big Dundee United fan. Um, we've got the Proclaimers are big Hibs fans. Um, at, at, well, at, Big Tam was a, a massive Celtic fan and then they stopped giving him free tickets and then he change to the Rangers. So um, you know, this <laughs> is yeah. a lot about Big Tam. Um no, uh, Aberdeen <clears throat> uh Aberdeen um we always cling on to the fact that uh Louise Nerding was once photographed in an Aberdeen top and Lily Allen mm. was also photographed in an Aberdeen top. Um Samantha Mumba is a an Aberdeen <laughs> fan as well. I guess our most famous fan probably is um Gavin Rossdale, the right. lead singer of Bush because yeah, his yeah. um family from Aberdeen. However, we have a a new Scottish football fan So this is from The Scottish Daily Express This week A championship wrestler From America Has revealed That he has a soft spot For Rangers mm. Delighting fans In the process Lex Luger A two-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion uh, Also explained That his family links Are from Coat Bridge Wow so uh yeah so the former American uh, he was a former football player mm-hmm. um uh so he's now 64 and he's still working with the WWE works in their wellness policy which is quite ironic I think given his uh, past <laughs> um so um after offering his support for Manchester United before their match with Arsenal, um, one fan said that he should follow a Scottish football team and he responded, I do. I'm a big Rangers fan. Both of my mum's parents were born and raised in Coatbridge, so hmm. you should really be a fucking Airdrie fan. I was going to say, then, yeah, you, you should be following the Airdrie <laughs> um, Fans were delighted and one said, to be expected from the total package. That was his kind of Call name. Um, <laughs> another said, makes sense. Lex was always about the red, white and blue because the... Famously, he used to always wear like American kind of right, stuff because right, right. he was like American. Um, so yeah, so Lex Luger, um, fair play, so, Rangers fan apparently. So
1: his what? Did you say his mum and dad came from Coatbridge?
0: Um, he said his mom's parents. Oh, his so grandparents. His, his, yeah. his grandparents. Right, yeah, yeah, they were from Coatbridge. Yeah. But um, so instantly that makes him a Rangers fan.
1: It would seem. The last time I saw Lex Luger on the TV, he uh, looked like calendar material. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I mean he is. It, he's in a wheelchair now, and yeah. he's um, yeah. It, he never recovered from um, his longtime partner dying. Um, right. She died of a like a cocaine drug binge, oh, and okay. a lot of people blamed him. Oh yeah, yeah. And do you know who
1: that was? Was it not? Um was it the big tall lady wrestler?
0: No. No, it was Miss Elizabeth. Oh yeah, that's it. And, yeah. Macho Man. He stole Macho Man's uh, wife and yeah, a lot of people blamed him for um, her dying. But I think yeah. it was it was found that it was just uh it was accidental, like it was an accidental drug overdose. Yeah. Um, but yeah. He never recovered from that. Mm. Um so yeah. Anyway, um I never liked Lex Luger so um it's don't say any don't fan. say anything that's nasty. Come on. <laughs> Just leave it there <laughs> okay um, right before we uh, we go on to what we're going to be talking about today Greg let's have a little word from our sponsors
2: if you walk
0: along the glide to Stockwell Street
2: Stockwell Street
0: the Brigade's open six
1: days a week, every week. It's Glasgow's newest, brightest shopping spree. You want it, Brigade's got it, guaranteed. Bread and buns, butcher's hoops,
2: trendy clothes, picture books, pints and shorts, plants and pots, live on stage, we've got the lot. It's the 50 Shop, one-stop
0: shopping complex. Okay, Greg, so it was your choice on this episode of The Swally. So why do you tell us? What we're going to be talking about today.
1: Well, when I was writing uh, the Scottish horror essay on the website, uh, I, I came across this film. Um, I hadn't watched it, but I read about it and I thought, ooh, that sounds really good. So I thought, let's be giving it minute doing the swally. It's the 2013 low budget, <laughs> very low budget. <laughs> Scottish horror film known as Lord of Tears, uh, but in America it's called The Owl Man It's directed by Laurie Brewster uh, It's his, his directorial debut um, It stars David Schofield <laughs> Very famous actor um, who you would have seen in many things such as Gladiator um, or Friends in the North Pirates the Car oh he said loads of things You don't see his face, you only hear his voice <laughs> The, the lovely, uh, Lexi Hume, or if you want to. Look for her on Wikipedia, as I did earlier on. She goes by Alexandra Hume, Ewan Douglas, and Jamie Scott Gordon. And it tells a story of James Finlay, played by Ewan by Douglas, uh, a schoolteacher who has been estranged from his mum for many, many years, returns home to settle her estate after her death, and uh, discovers lots of scary, spooky things about his past growing up in Baldaric, uh, house in the, I guess it's supposed to be up sort of in the sky direction. So, mm. this wasn't a hard film to find. It's on YouTube. Um, I hadn't seen it before. I know you hadn't. What did you think of The Lord of Tears?
0: You're right. I hadn't seen it. I, I was aware of it. I I think in researching probably Halloween or scary films for our annual Swally Spooktacular, I think mm-hmm. I'd, I'd come across the the film um, because when I went to look at it, I recognised the the cover, the, the, yeah. the kind of promotional poster. Um, where to start? Um, <laughs> you know what? It's... Okay, It it's not great. I'm, I'm going to say that. Like, And I think it's let down badly by the acting. Mm. And I think it's let down by the fact... It's only an hour and, what, 23, yeah. 24 minutes? Yeah it's 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 too long this this would have worked no no i but i genuinely mean this i think if you tighten this up a bit this could work as like a 30 45 minute short like yep. this it, this is kind of like a tales of the unexpected or you know uh, of a kind of or a, yeah yeah or, or i can imagine a kind of a inside number nine almost kind of esque episode if you tighten it up you just make it a little bit more polished um it it's not bad it, the, yeah. the premise is there. Yep. The story is there. It's it's not bad, but it's let down by... The acting is terrible. Let's just yeah. say that from the outset. And and that takes you out of it quite a lot, I think. Um, I think some of the, the direction is there. And what also took me out... And I can't understand how this happened. I mean, I know it's a very low-budget film, yeah? However... The, see some of the shots mm. that you have of the outside and the landscapes and stuff they are fucking beautiful mm. and incredible and so rich visually in terms of that however the shots inside and around the house you know what it reminded me of um if you think back to like 70s and 80s uk sitcoms yeah like some others do have them or even only fools and horses whenever they went outside the camera work looked a bit off Do you know what i mean like it looked like odd whereas when it was in the studio it looked fine but outside this was kind of the reverse the outside shots were beautiful Mm -hmm. but when it was filmed inside it looked a bit like a you know kind of a student production.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I think in essence that's sort of what it is. Um I mean for like for me, this sort of thing is normally right up my street. You know, I've I've mentioned on the Swally before. I love things like The Twilight Zone and Tales from the Crypt and Tales Unexpected and all these sort of like old classic spooky anthology type things. So when I read the premise I thought that is a bit of me. I need to say I'm going to want to watch that. What, what I found jarring about it is that it's shot a bit like a music video. You know mm. what I mean? Um, and there's also some some continuity errors as well. There's a very, very, there's a very glaring one early in the film when James is exploring the house and there's a shot of him sort of wistfully putting his hand in a swimming pool and then when they pull Mm -hmm. back for the long shot the pool's got a cover over it. (laughs) (laughs) Now,
0: I did think this as well. However, he was putting his hand in the jacuzzi because there's a little jacuzzi next to the pool. However, I agree, the pool has a cover on it and then why would you cover the pool and not the jacuzzi? Jacuzzi?
1: Yeah, so it's it's a bit... I kind of felt like they were trying to sort of kind of over egg the pudding a little bit, if you like. Like mm. all the they sort of the they, they kind of cut shots to his pal, um, Alan, you know, like giving his dad handfuls of pills and swinging an axe about and all that. Where, yeah. you know, and it, it was sort of being implied that it was kind of implied that these were visions that Jamie's. James Jamie's having, um, when he's having like nightmares or when he sees the old man and all this sort of thing, it's just it's a bit kind of I don't know, I kind of needed a bit more cohesion, I would say. Um, you know what I mean?
0: I, I like I didn't really understand those cuts to Alan with you know, covered in blood. Obviously, when it comes to the end, it kind of makes sense. However, yeah. I could have, could have kind of done without that because you know, you're kind of waiting for Alan to turn up. Yeah, like, yeah. What, what's going to happen? You're thinking Alan's going to murder. Well, you know, spoiler alert, he does. But uh, you're kind of waiting for some sort of barbaric bloodbath. Yeah. What I would say is, and I I listened to an interview with the director, Laurie Anderson. Laurie Anderson? Laurie Brewster. No, Laurie Brewster, (laughs) Who's Laurie Anderson? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) So the idea came from like a classic haunted house Mm. film and he wanted to kind of, you know, interpret that and... He kind of researched this, um, the idea of, he loved the idea of like Slender Man. Yeah. And he wanted to kind of make something like that. And he went down the route of researching because he was actually, um, he's, a, he's a massively, um, not massively religious, but he knows a lot about religion because he was actually studying to be a priest. Um, before he decided to go into filmmaking. And he came up with this, um, the idea of the the mollusk. And it's quite a a famous thing, the mollusk. And it's, the interpretation is normally a bull's head. Mm -hmm. But, and he was like, well, I can't really do that. That's a bit stupid, isn't it? So (laughs) he, but but researching it, he did find that some strain of religion believes that the mollusk is an owl. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know what? I can run with that. And I would say fair play. the The idea of the owl man is great. Mm-hmm. I think it's when he appears on screen. Yeah. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's chilling. And the I, it kind of it sounds stupid describing it. It's a guy in a you know like tuxedo, you know, kind of like nineteen fifties tails. Yeah, but with this massive owl head. <laughs> but it, it it does actually work. And it, it it's pretty cool, and it's probably the best part of the film. Yeah. The, this owl man. I just wish there was a bit more of some sort of substance mm-hmm. to him. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I think. Um, I mean, you know, the, the act. You mentioned the acting earlier. You know, I think part of the issue is um, Ewan uh, Douglas, who plays Jamie, because he's. You know, I mean, he's he's not he's not a great actor, is he? You know, and and. They, Lexi Hume, she's not terrible, you know what I mean. They, 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 they yeah. use her for, and she's a dancer. Lexi Hume, that's mm. that's her first job. I gathered that with a five-minute dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And
0: I timed it; it's five minutes long. I timed it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah <laughs> it's awkward. Um, you know, and uh, she's she's not too bad. And the the, the guy who plays Alan's sort of alright as well. Mm. But um, it's it's hard work being with Ewan Douglas because he's he's sort of he's you know what am I trying to say here? He's he's not he doesn't come across as a sort of natural sort of actor. Do you know what I mean? Like when you you think of actors, you tend to think of people who take themselves quite seriously, but are also charming and sort of flexible in terms of how they react to things and whatnot. You know, just like like the scenes with him just sort of wandering around the house, like looking at stuff, trying to open doors. You know, um, and then you know, and when he's. Sometimes he's in his pajamas, you know, sometimes he's in bed with, with, you know, sort of bare-shouldered, you know what I mean? And it's just fucking, it's
0: weird. It's so funny you say that because that stuck with me as well. (laughs) Like when you see him in his pajamas and I was like, wait a minute, we've seen him waking up a few times and he's always like sleeping just in his pants. (laughs) Where have these pyjamas come from? Like, has he had these all the time? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I feel bad because mm. he's he's doing his best. But yeah, he's he's not the best. I mean, I, this is his only acting credit. And I think that's well, probably
1: why. I mean...
0: It's not, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh is it not? No, I, I thought it uh, was his only acting credit.
1: No, no, uh, Laurie Brewster will get him back for um, another movie in 2015 called uh, The Unkindness of Ravens. He gets him back okay. Okay. Um, and then he gets Laurie. He gets um, what's her name, Lexi Hume, back for the uh, the Devil's Machine in two thousand and eighteen. And he's he's even done a prequel to uh, the Lord of Tears yeah. called the Black Gloves.
0: Mm. Yes, which I believe does feature um, a couple of the actors um, yeah. from this because it is kind of a. a- prequel yeah, to yeah. to this.
1: Um yeah, I mean the unkindness of ravens the unkindness seems to be that they fucking peck your eyes out judging by the judging by the film poster. <laughs> so
0: he he gets left this um this house mm-hmm. by his, his mother who passed away and obviously we, we discover that he has had some sort of childhood trauma. At this house. And he, he's obviously blocked it out of his mind. But he, this kind of resurfaces things. And in giving him this house, his mother has also left him explicit instructions to not go to this house <laughs> at all. But he still decides to not even just go and visit it. He takes half term. Because obviously we realise he's a school teacher, which I I don't know why that was relevant. Um, he decides to go to to the house and stay for a week or so, I guess. If it's half term, if you were given explicit instructions not to go to a house that has some deep rooted childhood trauma for you, I mean, I I can see the point in terms of because he discusses with Alan, it's almost like a therapy. Like I need to go and, mm. and banish this, but fuck that, this is prime real estate in the Highlands. Uh, It's a massive kind of estate Yeah, fuck that, get it on the market Sold, right, I'm buying a Ferrari Like, I'm not fucking trekking up there To to go and visit um, my childhood trauma home So, you had a vivid imagination We all did till they beat it out of us at school No, there's more to it, Alan The pure dread It was as if the creature in the drawing was real somehow so, you think you actually saw a man with an owl's head? Even back then, he never seemed unhinged to me. I think if something was up, I would have noticed. Or you would have told me.
1: Anyway, we were just kids. Our biggest discussions were during toy swapping sessions. Fair point. Yeah, and, and, if, I, and if I did decide to go against my mother's explicit wishes... The first fucking scary thing, I'm I'm gone. And I'd be fucking driving up. I wouldn't be, like, getting the train and a ferry and all the shit that he does and a taxi there. I'd be taking my car so I could fuck off whenever I wanted. <laughs> Do you know
0: what I mean? Would you not, like, okay, you get there and then you meet this um, beautiful mm. woman and who apparently is, you know, um, lives in the stables. Yeah, um, <laughs> the You're going to be stables. like, okay, I might hang around here because I might try and fire into her later <laughs> on. <laughs> However, then you go into the house and you go into the bedroom and you're like, why is there a fucking cot next to this spooky four-poster bed? Mm. There's a cot in my room. Fuck that. Yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm staying in the stables with Lexi. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I you know what you I mean. And the like, other thing is, theres I would imagine that the house that size has got a few bedrooms, right? Mm. So yeah. you go in on that one. Oh, it feels a bit weird sleeping in a room with a cot in it as well. I'll just find, I'll just choose one of the other eight bedrooms that doesn't have a cot in it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and so he, he goes in, he, he has his first night there, and
0: then he comes down the stairs, and there's this little bit where there's like a, a chair propped up against the door, mm. and he pulls it away and he tries the door but it's it's not opening. What's behind that door? Did we ever find out? Well that's the cellar isn't it? Oh
1: is it? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh that makes sense then okay But, um, but to, to, to your point just after that when he first discovers that and he hears the smash and the picture's fallen down to reveal the mm. key. We don't really find out what that key was for because he, he immediately oh. goes and opens the trunk but it wasn't clear whether the key opened the trunk or whether they just opened the trunk Yeah you know what I mean? Yeah the key opened the trunk right, yeah, right, okay. That was what it was for
0: but he straight away like kind of of looked at the key and was like oh, oh that, i know what this is for like a
1: fit trunk oh there's a trunk he's, over
0: there <laughs> yeah he's he's obviously played a lot of silent Hill or yeah, resident evil, evil yeah. type game You know that's kind of oh here's a key what does it fit oh it fits this trunk
1: yeah oh um <laughs> yeah so that was a, a kind of a, a little bit of here's the, here's, hmm. here's a typewriter i can save my progress here <laughs> <laughs> in case the old man gets me in the next room. <laughs>
0: but then the, the other key... Um, instantly, he knows what that's for as well because mm. that's when he has the kind of uh, was it real? Was it not? Well, we know it wasn't real because obviously, no, she's a ghosty. But um well, when he has well, that sexy dream about Evie, she manages. She manages
1: to make him dinner. <laughs> do
0: you know what I mean? I have. She makes him stew. Yeah, yeah. yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely stew. Um, that's but then when she comes into the room, and then he kind of wakes up, and he's got a key mm. under his pillow and he instantly is like, oh, I know what this is for. It's for the cellar. Mm. And I'll go down and have a rake around and
1: see that owl man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not particularly superstitious, but I don't think, you know, if I didn't have like an explicit reason to go into like a darkened cellar that I wasn't familiar with, and like, it would have to be a really, really good reason. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It could just be out of curiosity. I wouldn't go down there. I mean, I've seen enough films to know that it never ever ends well so he's
0: alone in this house with with evie Mm -hmm. who is she never really says what she is she just lives in the stables yeah and and that's when it kind of unravels because he does say to her like what do you actually do here like Uh and it takes him a long time to ask her that yeah you know surely that would be one of the first questions you're are you presuming that it's just some massive airbnb and she kind of runs the Mm -hmm. the show um but yeah it's never kind of explicitly known what she does um would you not question that into her, or is he just so enamored with her because you know to be fair she is she's gorgeous very yeah she's gorgeous and she's um very um
1: hospitable and, mm. and very friendly towards him well would a... you not question well the thing is right so if I, i'm i'm putting myself in his position right i'm not speaking as greg i'm speaking as james the artist formerly known as jamie right and i uh you know, I've turned up at this fucking spooky old house that I'm I'm sort of staring down the barrel of spending a couple of days with my Jack Jones, in. I find a lovely, raven-haired, friendly, young but not too young American girl. Um, so, you know, I'm probably going to start thinking to myself, hmm, maybe some romantic notions here. How do you get to know somebody? You ask some questions. To your point, you know. So, where are you from? What what is it you do here at the house? Do you know what I mean? I'm going to, if, if I'm going to a house that I know is potentially haunted, right, and she's a bit evasive, immediately alarm bells are going to start to ring. Do you know what I mean? So what is it, it you do here, Lexi? Ah, oh, well, you know, well, you know, why don't you tell me more about you? Now, hang on, I want to know exactly what it is you're doing in this house.
0: Does it not, um, I'd, be, I'd be quite offended as well, because she comes in with a stew mm-hmm. and they're having dinner. And she blatantly says to him, like, is there a woman in your life? And he's like, no. And she's like, yeah, yeah I thought, thought no. not. Thought not. You <laughs> like, sad guy." <cunt>. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Monsieur?
0: Oui?
1: Is there a lady in your life?
0: I thought not. You just seem like the type of person to not let people in without putting up a fight. Why don't you ask me something instead?
1: where in the states are you from the south way down in the south small towns, small mines no place for a dreamer like me so i left as soon as i could a classic hero's journey heroines you mean
0: (laughs) i'd be a bit like uh excuse me why why are you presuming like Mm -hmm. i thought not um yeah it's a bit Condescending, a little bit presumptuous of you, Evie. Jesus.
1: Yeah, I might have just got out of a really long-term, difficult relationship, for all you know. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. It's just, and then so like that's established, right? So he, so I guess we're we're to assume that he has assumed that she perhaps hosts the house, right? To to what you said Mm. earlier, you know, um, for whoever owns it. So, um. So then she just starts fucking appearing. He's he's having a lovely swim. She fucking turns up in a little uh, one-piece, doing a little sexy walk down the stairs and all that, and coming into the pool and things. And then she fucking... He's having dreams about a turn... He's just in the house all the time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and there's even that scene... He's, she's in the house all the time, unless they're sitting out in the garden, or she's she's doing a Kate Winslet at the top of the fucking mountain. Um, <laughs> and then... When he finds the picture of her, and he, he can't find her, and I'm thinking, just fucking look in the house. She's always in the house. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's running about outside. He's falling over. It's pissing the rain. He's in the mud. He can't, he's, he's calling her name. I'm like, she's in the house, mate. <laughs> she's, she's always in the house. <laughs> now, I would say, obviously,
0: um, once he discovers mm. um, that she's not real, yeah. and he, he kind of tells her, and then she gives him a bath. Yeah. I'll answer this question in the bath. <laughs> um and then this for me was kind of the, the best part of the film. Mm. Like I I really like that. She turns black and white and then turns into like the kind of zombie and Ringu <laughs> has like the well this is exactly it because it, I think he the director was very influenced by Japanese films as well and it, it's very much a, a Ringu yeah. or the grudge type yeah, thing. yeah. Um, especially now again I thought this was quite good however it was too long this part you could have cut it a little bit the the bit where you know she Crawls out from under the bed yeah, and yeah. she's doing the kind of twisty dance yeah, yeah. down in the cellar. That was the best bit of the film for me. Yeah. Like she, you know, climbing up on him and dancing around the room, and she's in the crib and stuff. Really liked that, but it was a bit too long. Yeah. Cut it a
1: little bit shorter, and it's going to be more enjoyable. But and it's a real gear change. Do you know what I mean? it's, yeah. it's a real, it's a real gear change. That, you know, because up, <laughs> up until then, it's a sort of spooky sort of things that go bump in the night or baths that come on by themselves in the night and that sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> Do You know what I mean? um it's that sort of and then he just sort of goes for this out and out like overt haunting um and it's very much uh, to your point it's very sort of japanese horror you can see he sort of wears it on his sleeve doesn't it? had you um no obviously she's
0: a a ghosty mm-hmm. um but had you picked up on that prior to the reveal or no I mean because obviously we're watching kind of like a horror film mm-hmm. and so we know I, I had picked up that something wasn't right about her yeah and quite early on I was like well she's a ghost or she's not real but I genuinely thought it was his mum R- and it was a young version of his mum <laughs> well, so when he's when he's cracking should... on to her I was like oh this is going to take a fucking dark turn later on it's
1: funny you should say that because I've written in my book Shag mum question mark <laughs> because just as I was writing that, the reveal of who she actually was, I was like, ah, right, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Because, like, the thi- But I didn't see it coming. Um, the thing that kind of threw me was... Shag this, <laughs> The thing that kind of threw me was... Um... The the scene in the pool when she 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 dunks him and then he dunks her back and she starts acting a bit strangely and she sort of wanders away and Mm. I thought to myself, is it he's fucked it? (laughs) (laughs) He's fucked it. Jamie, you fucked it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought to myself, I wonder if it's one of these uh, sort of uh, maybe a sort of Fight clubby type twist. Do you know what I mean? Where he he is haunted by himself essentially. Mm. And she has seen this side of him when he ducks her under the water, and that's why she starts acting strangely. You know what I mean? And then she comes back later on to say, oh, you didn't do anything wrong. It's me. I forgot that I was scared of the water. (laughs) I must have suppressed it.
0: (laughs) You're saying that in his head, you thought that he's like, okay, um, I'm haunting myself. So I'm a, a pale ginger scottish virgin so what would i what would i like to be i'll be a smoking hot southern american brunette no,
1: that's not what I, that's not what i meant what i meant was i thought there was like there's two sides to his personality and he was okay. and neither side was aware of the other side and then when he, when he ducked her head under the water she saw this sort of other side of his personality. You know what I mean? That's, okay. That's what I thought. I didn't think that. So he didn't shaggy his mum. <laughs> he just said a really, really <laughs> big wank. <laughs> I think um uh Evie's
0: kind of um fashion and dress sense kind of gave mm-hmm. it away for me as well because she was right. very much fifties vibe and especially the, the one piece swimsuit. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like this is like kind of like nineteen forties, fifties kind of uh-huh. style. So where's you know, there's something not right here. Um so I think that was the um, part of it that, that kind of gave it away for me a little bit.
1: Yeah. The whole contention of the <laughs> the whole contention of the pagan Shrine feels like yeah. it's a bit sort of Poltergeist, into it's it? It all feels a bit like It's been done to death
0: uh, Yeah, I mean I, I thought it was kind of a It, it was okay I, I didn't offend me Um as such, like the kind of pagan shrine, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, the whole point of having the the skull there, and th- how were those candles lit? Like in terms of have they just been burning for all that time, but <laughs> yeah. they
1: they weren't you know that worn down. Did he? <laughs> did she light them? I, d- I don't know who lit the, them. amy has been going down. Did you, I noticed in the in the dancing scene, she manages to light the candle in a mm. unlit fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a yeah. She stuck it up the chimney and. Yeah. Maybe, Santa was leaning down there to to light it for (laughs) her. Uh, But you're right. It's kind of a pagan ritual. um, And and that's the the thing. They do say that the the house was built on an old pagan site. So we're led to believe that obviously his mum was kind of dying and they effectively sold their soul to the mollusk and they had to give a sacrifice and they wanted the the boy but instead they just employed this american au pair who they then drowned and cut her head off and sacrificed her so again i think this is quite a clever
1: little twist and quite a nice story Mm -hmm.
0: it's just too long and too convoluted
1: just cut it down yeah i mean you could have cut out that whole dancing scene so it doesn't it doesn't I mean five minutes, Greg. <laughs> five minutes. The only thing it serves to do is is show what a good dancer uh Lexi Hume is. You could have taken out all the scenes with Alan, like sitting in the yeah sitting in the car in his car at the at the Vicky in the south side of Glasgow and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And if you'd taken all that out, the twist at the end would have been a lot a lot more yeah. powerful, I think, right?
0: Exactly, because it's like I said, you're waiting for Alan to turn up. Yeah. You're waiting for him to turn up at the house. You're thinking he's going to be possessed and go mad with an axe and mm-hmm. stuff like. But no. Yeah. And when it comes to the end, I I was kind of like, oh, that's a, a weird twist. Like as soon as he's drinking the whiskey and he's like, oh, it's a bit hot. I was like, oh well, fucking Alan's obviously yeah. drunk him.
1: Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Fuck's sake, Alan. It, it,
0: <laughs> it would have been um it would have been so much better if you hadn't seen those scenes. Yeah. Keep in the the quick scene when he phones him. To yeah, say how you doing, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I can't really talk right now. Um, keep that, but cut out the rest of the, the covered in blood and yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Of any of that. It's fine to have that scene at the beginning that sort of sets it up when he at uh, least Alan how he's got. How he's planning to go there. To your point, yeah. you leave that scene in just to remind us that you know that there's a guy called Alan and he's he's uh, uh, what's his name James's ally. Do you know what I mean? And his friend and stuff. I mean, but to be honest yeah. though, that scene at the beginning when they're chatting, Alan and Jamie, and I'm thinking, has this been improvised? Because. The script is fucking crap. Toy but you know what? Toy swapping sessions. Toy it swapping was, um, sessions. <laughs>
0: it was it was quite evident to me in that scene that neither of them were in the room at the same time. Because you don't have like a, a wide pan of them together. It's very much uh, mm. one person talking to uh, like a, a bit of tape. Like, yeah. speak here. Yeah, yeah. And, the other person there's island. no proper interaction like if you had someone sitting across from you you would be a bit more natural and and the way you're talking well, very evident to me sorry. and it, that took me right out of it like I was like give me a
1: wide shot so I can prove that they're both there at the same time but no they <laughs> were Ewan um, Douglas has scenes where he's very much in the same room with people and he still doesn't seem. <laughs> you know what I mean like he's like he's very natural. But um but like the whole kind of content of that scene on the lines in the script, toy swapping sessions. I yeah. always beat you at toy swapping sessions. I remember when I got you to swap a brand new action man for a bag of marbles and a copy of the dandy. I'm like, what? <laughs> How is this relevant to the fucking plot? Do you think that's a, a euphemism, um, toy
0: swapping <laughs> sessions? Well, but, that, yeah, but it does become relevant later when he unearths his little time capsule and it's a copy of the dandy. But no marbles.
1: There. He's lost these marbles. No. See? I did...
0: I, uh. Oh! <laughs> oh, you've just discovered something that I don't even
1: think the director knew about, Greg. Um, <laughs> well, do you know, there's another thing that I think the director could have used the good effect that he missed. So, after... After Evie's gone full Ringo and she's like mm. fucking chasing around, she's carrying a candle. Now Evie mm. has been decapitated, right? Uh, that's yeah. how she's that's how she's been killed. Or that's after she's been killed decapitated. So the, the song Origins and Lemons <laughs> After she's been decapitated. No, I mean she was killed and then decapitated. She was, she yeah. was
0: drowned and then decapitated,
1: yeah. yeah. So the old song Origins and Lemons, so when she's come down the stairs with a candle, for whatever reason <clears> like, it came <throat> in my head. He he. Uh, here is a candle to light you to bed. Here is a chopper to chop off your head, which is one of the verses in mm. origins in the bells of Saint Clement. You know, mm. but again, just left it on the table. On. <laughs> Fucked it. Fucked it, Bruce there Was honestly. <laughs> um, um, yeah. and, and we need to give a bit more attention to
0: the owl man because it is a. A fantastic kind of not creation but a, mm. he's a, a good foil and i was quite excited when it returned up and yeah, yeah quite menacing and and chilling in a way could have been used to better effect i think but yeah quite a cool kind of guy and he um the way he spoke um he was so i did good. um uh read um the the director had said he was kind of influenced by nadsat like in *A Clockwork Orange*, that's the the, the way that Owlman Man kind of spoke. And if you you listen back to it, it does kind of make sense. He doesn't speak in kind of normal language; it's almost like a rhyme or kind of different language. But yeah, I I I really thought the Owlman Man was very effective, and I would like the the idea of it.
2: Did you not taste? decay on
0: your lost lover's lips and sense that its foul fragrance would consume you, too. Oh, stupid
2: specimen of your sick species. Today, I make your skull my prize, your soul my shiny trinket. Your
1: martyrdom
2: will be most
1: Glorious
2: and long.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good device. Uh, David Schofield's David Schofield is quite a distinctive voice anyway. Like I mentioned at mm. the beginning of the review, I mean, he's been fucking around forever. David Schofield's been, like, in everything. But, I mean, he's in America, he's in an American world from London. He's one of the guys in the yeah. pub with um mm. uh, Brian Glover and Rick Mayle. Um, mm. he's, he's one of the main protagonists. Like, Rick Mail's just in the background sort of kind of doing, like, funny faces, really, <laughs> take me <acting. laughs> Uh but, they, but the rest of the scene is, like, a two-hander with Brian Glover and um David Schofield. Uh, he's really good. And, like, you know, they the the lines are all very um you know, the sorta of I guess that they're supposed to sound a bit sort of mythological, you know, mm. as the the things he's saying. And I think a lesser actor it wouldn't have been as effective because like you don't see David Schofield's face. I don't. I've been. We're not even sure if it's David Schofield in the ill man costume. i, mean, I will be well. we bet it's probably not. I believe it is. Really? Yeah, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. You could have just recorded it and stayed at home. You could put yeah, anybody in the costume. No, you could do a standard um, point. I'm, <laughs> I'm led to believe it was David Schofield that right, was in that yeah. costume. Yeah. Oh, well, you're just, you're just getting you're just getting full Schofield value for your money (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, no. It's a, but and really, that's what made me want to um, to cover this in this valley because you know a good sort of horror device. You know, like you and I are big fans of like the Halloween movies and Friday the Thirteenth and mm. Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff. And like the film that scares my wife the most, so much so that she won't watch a, any scary films on purpose. Anyway, sometimes we, sometimes we can we can trick her into watching the odd one. Um, but remember the Richard Gear film. The Mothman prophecies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, wow. really? I've, only, I've only ever seen it once. I, I, I don't remember it really blowing me away, to be honest, but the, the character of mm. the Mothman, this sort of thing that people see before something terrible happens, um, mm. fucking, for whatever reason, scared the shit out of Paula. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, so much so that she doesn't even like talking about it because in case she remembers, <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's, like it's, it's one of the few topics of discussion that, aren't, that is not allowed in our household, the Mothman.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, well, she wouldn't be impressed with the Owlman, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I, like I say, I thought it was a, a good kind of character, a yeah. good premise. Uh, as you say, it's not going to live for the ages amongst, you know, uh-huh. Jason or Freddy or no. Michael Myers, but a good <clears throat> a good idea... But could have done a lot more with it, I think.
1: I mean, I think there's a case for a perhaps more professional uh, remake of this film. You know what I mean? Mm. I think you could have yeah. somebody, excuse me, uh, somebody like um, James McAvoy, might be quite good as uh, mm. as Jamie. You know, someone like that. Um, mm. You could have, you know, it's the sort of thing that um, what's his name, M. Night uh, Shyamalan would have, <laughs> Shangalang would have good. <laughs> <with it. laughs> <laughs> with the, I mean, he, he 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 would have a lot of fun uh, with that device and everything and, you know, that yeah. that sort of contention of this old pagan mythology and, and people being haunted. And, of course, he loves a twist as well. He <laughs> likes a a twist in, doesn't he? Um, well, that's it. You need to
0: have a twist at the end. Yeah, what would yeah. be the twist? Well, oh, the, the well, twist that, is, there yeah. is a twist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there I, was a twist. It was just badly executed.
1: Well, the yeah. thing is, I, th- I think the twist comes a bit too late. I mean, sorry, a bit too early in the film because there's still a good sort of 20, 25 minutes of, um, you know sort of manga Evie uh, scaring the shit out, <laughs> scaring the shit, scaring the shit out of, um, out of, uh, out of James and everything. I th- you know, I think, like, a good twist is a sort of, kind of comes in the last sort of 10 minutes of the film you think about um the sixth sense and fight club they're probably two well they are two massive twists that i did not see coming when i watched those films for the first time in the cinema (laughs) i don't know about Mm. you i i I had no nobody had had spoiled them for me um i think i went to see both films quite soon after they came out it was before the internet was as widely used as it is now um and I fucking had no idea about those twists. So I was proper, oh my God! You know what I mean? When it was revealed, I didn't see it coming at all in the film. In either film, d- rather.
0: But that's the issue nowadays. It is a case of people maybe won't give away the twist. Yeah. But they will say there is a twist. Yeah, exactly. So when you're watching the film... You're waiting for it. You're you're waiting for it. Yeah. Whereas Six Sense, like back in the day, exactly as you say, there was no internet. There was no... You know, Facebook and stuff. So it, it was only word of mouth. If you'd heard, someone had seen it, and they, yeah. they, they would have to say to you, oh, but there's a twist at the end. Um, But it, if you didn't know that, then you're not waiting for it. So it, it makes that experience so much richer. Mm. Whereas, well, mind you, I didn't know it was going to be a twist at the end of this. No, I didn't um, either.
1: No, I didn't. It, and but, it, it, it sort of saved it a bit for me, to be honest. I was kind of like, mm. because it's so you feel like he is trying to misdirect you, or I felt like that. The the director's trying to misdirect us all the way away from this. So, you know, this twist, which I guess is the right thing to do if you want to create that impactful moment in the the story. Um, But... up until the twist, I was like, what the fuck's going on here? This is, you know, I was getting a bit pissed off, you know what I mean?
0: I mean, look, to be fair, as we've said, we're not criticising this film too much. Like, it, the premise is there. Mm-hmm. The story's there. The characters are there. It just needs tightening up yeah. and refining. a little bit more refining. Yeah. And, you know, nowadays, to be fair, it maybe is the budget constraints at the time, you know, can mm-hmm. employ proper actors. Um if, if he did have, you know, a bigger budget and could remake this, this could really work. But tighten it down, make it like 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, it's not, and it's it's your point, it's not a movie. It's like a good sort yeah. of spooky anthology episode or something like that. I mean, like you couldn't, I suppose, I mean, I'm trying to think like a movie like that does the same kind of thing, but to a lot better effect as The Woman in Black, the one with Harry Potter in it. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> Uh, it's his own fault he's always going to be Harry Potter he can play fucking Al Yankovic and whatever he wants he's always going to be Harry Potter Um, but that's I mean there's, there's no real twist there's, there's not really a twist in um, the Woman in Black, although it does have quite a shocking ending. But it's a really, to be fair, to be fair, to he's good in it, um, mm. and it's a I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a really good sort of spooky fucking ghost story. Um, but it's quite, again, it's quite economical. You know, it's it's a it's yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a Hammer film. It's like because Hammer sort of started up again about twelve or fifteen years ago. It's a Hammer movie, um, and it's based on a classic book and a classic play. Um, but you know, it's quite quick. It's It's like an hour and a half, and it's a good sort of spooky film, you know?
0: You know what this would be perfect, as, And this is something we've mentioned a couple of times, I think, on The Swally, and I I wish it was Scottish so Mm. we could um, review it and and discuss it. Um, The old Hammer horror film, Asylum. Yeah, um, yeah, this would be a perfect kind of the, segment, kind of vignette in that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's loads of those. Yeah. There's asylum. There's um. What's the other one? There's there's a lot. Of, there's quite a lot of them. Them. There's mm. there's one. I can't remember what it's called, but there's one, and it's four guys in a train. One of the guys is brilliantly Roy Castle. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I'll, have to, I'll find it and I'll send you. I can't remember what it's called, but it's all you know. It's all like stories that that. They're in, but they're they're, they're recounting um, again, same sort of conceit, sort of an, anthology. Um, but yeah, that's that's where that's where this this story would do really well. But yeah. I you know I wonder I wonder if maybe his eye, like Laurie Brewster's eyes have been a bit too big for his belly in the sense that he's come up with this really good device in the shape of the owl man and he's maybe thought to himself franchise, (laughs) you know what I mean possibly Um, yeah um, and it's, uh, you know, maybe he hasn't been able to get the backing and everything else to. he's had to do it low budget and get amateur actors and stuff in for it but I mean, I'd imagine that quite a lot of his budget was probably spent on getting David Schofield because I I can't imagine, you know what I mean because the rest might have done it for maybe just a share of the box office but like Schofield I would imagine would, would want a wage out of it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean it was filmed over two weeks, um, the entire production. So mm-hmm. I wonder if Schofield was probably on set for like two
1: days. It's probably in Sky on holiday. So he was it's yeah. <laughs> like buy him a few <laughs> pints at the park to fucking read these lines and stand about in this costume for a couple of shots. <laughs> right, yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so are you gonna watch the uh the prequel? The black gloves? Yeah. No. Are you? <laughs> you?
0: You know, I have an aversion to anything that is kind of like pre 1960 and. <laughs> pre 1990. No, I, I would say 1960. I would say pre. Uh, the, the exceptions for me would be Back to the Future and Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, whereas anything that like I fucking if it's got swords and sandals get to fuck <laughs> I cannot be arsed with it so um, I, I, and obviously I'm, I'm presuming the prequel doesn't have swords and sandals I believe it's like 1940s kind of
1: esque but um, yeah loafers no, I won't be watching <laughs> Yeah, I won't be watching it. What about yourself? Are you gonna um, give it a view? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, th- I probably will just out of curiosity. I mean, I might not watch it all, but I might just like watch the first sort of five or ten minutes just to see. Cause like with, with, with this one, um, be- before I d- chose it, I had, to, I read that it was low budget and a sort of alarm bell rang a little bit and I was like, oh, don't know if we want to do like <laughs> something like that. So like on the morning that, on the, the morning of the day that we recorded our last episode, um I watched the first sort of five minutes of it and I thought, oh, well, it seems like reasonably decent production values and stuff like that. Um but then that so like I thought, well fine, it'll be it'll be fine to watch and it's only like an hour and twenty minutes, whatever. But then um obviously when I started watching it properly <laughs> and, and um you and you and Douglas it, it, I realised that he's gonna he's gonna be the one that's gonna take us on this journey to uh Baldarig. Um, and the old Man and Evie and everything. I was like, oh, my dear. <laughs> I hope the story's good.
0: <laughs> well, uh, like I say, I when I watched it, I was kind of a bit like, oh, for fuck's sake, what's Greg's pick now? And <laughs> what's
1: Greg's pick now? Like, I pick shades? <laughs> like, watching it,
0: and then I was like, okay. And I, I didn't like it much when I first watched it. However, on reflection, I have thought about it quite a lot yeah. over the last week. And that's why I think I'm being quite kind to it and saying you know what it's a good premise it's a good story it's it's there yeah just the execution wasn't right and to be fair it's the director's first film i i can see you know Mm. if if he was to revisit this now i mean what 10 years later yeah um and and maybe have a bit more budget he could make this work and this could be like a hollywood blockbuster well not a blockbuster but you know what it'd it'd be a low grade kind of american horror film like wrong turn or yeah you know um but it could make this work um, good effort, but yeah, not that.
1: Yeah, cool. no, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I, I do sort of, I do like have a lot of respect for people who manage to pull something off like this. Do you know what I mean? Because making a film, you know, like finding the sets, finding people to be in it, finding people to work mm. on it, you know, direction, take up a lot of people's time. Yeah. It's low budget, so you probably aren't able to pay an awful lot of money and get it out there, I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, commendable. Um, you know, they think about and like sort of low budget films that have Landed and become classics for better or worse. I mean, there's there's the Blair Witch Project is probably the most obvious one, which is fucking next to nothing spent on it, pretty much, and just that whole. But it sort of created that found footage um, sort of movement of horror films like uh, Paranormal Activity and other bits and bobs. Um, But you know, it's there's not that many like low budget films that have really sort of landed that that haven't that haven't had people who are either famous or reasonably famous in them, you know? No, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah, I would agree
0: Yeah, um, completely. I mean, this kind of reminded me of, and it's something that we will definitely be doing on The Um, I don't know in the near future, but we will be doing it, is one-day removals.
1: Yeah, my, my, my friend's in it from school, Scott Ironside. <laughs> I, I know, so that's why. <laughs>
0: but uh, this kind of one-day removals seems so much more, professional than this yeah. almost but i i haven't watched it in a while so um maybe revisiting
1: it maybe it won't be yeah. But, um yeah that kind of oh well, scott has said that he's happy to come on to talk about it when uh, whenever we decide to do it so oh wonderful we
0: okay well for it yes we'll uh, guest. We'll, to, Second yeah, guest. <laughs> we'll sort that out yeah. we'll
1: definitely sort that out yeah
0: wonderful yeah uh right well um <laughs> you normally say this but uh Shall we put Lord of Tears through the Swally Awards? I think we
1: should. And I don't think it's going to take long. <laughs> so,
0: no. It's not at all. Okay.
1: Um so the Bobby the Barman Award for the best pub. No pub, is there? Is there? No pub. No pub. No, no um, pub. James Cosmo Award. It's nobody, is there? Nobody. Scottish.
0: David Sc- David Schofield was in three episodes of Tagger. That's the best oh, I can okay. do. All
1: right. That's fine. <laughs> happy. I like David Schofield. I'm happy to give him an award. Now, for the Jake McQuillan Your Tea Award, um it's not particularly graphically violent. I have chosen although you don't see it, uh Evie losing her head. Like literally. Okay. Yeah, what did you yeah, choose? Okay. Did you choose something? Um
0: I chose Alan drowning James. Yeah. That okay. was the
1: yeah. Um the Hugh McGregor Award for Gratuitous Nudity. It's the nearest thing is uh Evie doing her little swimming pool dance, maybe down the stairs. Yeah, yeah.
0: there's no nudity at all. So yeah, <laughs> that was um, yeah, nothing.
1: Uh, the Francis Begbie Award for gratuitous swearing. There's not a single swear <laughs> word not, in this oh.
0: one at all. It's it's PG. It's PG. Oh
1: well. Um. Okay. Archetypal Scottish moment. What did you go for? What did you go for? I went. I went for mental <laughs> mythology <laughs> because we've got loads of it. <laughs> I. All
0: I had was um, the dandy book, yeah. Um, that yeah. he picks out from his time capsule, and it, it reminded me of those old kind of dandy and uh, you know books that yeah. the small size that I used to.
1: Just come out in the summer, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Summer special. But that was kind of all that I I picked up on in terms of Scottish. I really miss like. I mean, I've had a look at. Because um, you can get the Beano in my, my local supermarket And hmm. I had a wee like, flick through it When I was in the queue One day waiting to pay for my messages And I was like it's, it's, It feels like it's kind of trying to be what it was But it's just I mean I guess you're younger But I mean the thing is like, you, you give me a copy of like the Beano Al- album 1982 right now, I'll happily sit and read it. And and that'll be a well-spent fucking half an hour, in my (laughs) mind. You know what I mean? I love it. I remember my dad gave me like a... I gave it to um, our mutual friend's son. But one Christmas, he gave me like a big thick collection of old Beano and Dandy stories. And I must have sat for about two hours on that Christmas day having a couple of beers. Just re- I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really miss the... I I always preferred the Beano to the Dandy, but I still liked the Dandy, yeah. you know? And oh yeah,
0: no, I was massively uh, a Beano yeah. fan over the Dandy, yeah.
1: I, I I used to like the topper as well. I liked the numbskulls and mm. the topper. And I liked the Beezer as well. Beezer, yeah, yeah. it was good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well. And you like Bunty as well, do not you? <laughs> Bunty, Bunty. Um, okay, so our last award then, the um, the Sean Connery Award. Who did, who did you feel won the film? David Schofield yeah. as the old man. I mean, come on. Yes,
0: yeah. he's brilliant. I, I guess a, a special mention to, to Lexi Hume yep.
1: because she won me over. But, yes. I, yeah, it's it's David Schofield. Come yeah. on. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's really good. As I say, like, you know, I think everybody... Everybody is is contributing something uh, to it. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's just I don't know. It's just a shame that uh, it didn't come out a little bit better. But I don't think that you mm. know. I, th- I think there's just I think it's more just sort of missed opportunities than anything else. I think there's still a lot yeah. to be proud of for everybody there. Yeah.
0: I agree with you. Yeah, it it does smack of kind of missed opportunities yeah. of what could have been um like uh, i've said a couple of times you know the premise is there i think the idea is great it's just the the kind of conception maybe yeah. wasn't what it could have been but i i hats off you know uh, fair play yeah we haven't made a film it it's you know <laughs> no, he's, yeah. he's taken the chance he's <laughs> done it and yeah. i think good on him but yeah just it was just lacking a little bit of
1: something yeah and it's it's, it's clearly because the thing is it's actually been quite well received critically. You know mm. I mean? A lot of the horror the a lot of the horror magazines and stuff um have been very, very complimentary of it. Um and also for anybody who's interested, you can actually go and stay in the house if you want to mm. in Sky. Oh, wow. Um it's Ar- Ardgour House, um and you can rent it through Sykes Cottages. Uh, it's a company mm. that's out houses in Scotland. So if you want to go and stay there you can. Um but yeah. So that was it. That was The Lord of Tears. If you want to watch it, um, mm. it's on YouTube. Uh, we can stick the link on, uh, in the description for anybody who wants to see it. We have sort of ruined yeah. it a bit, but you know. But, yeah. well, 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 I'll maybe really put a wee post out urging anybody who, who's keen to see it to watch it before the episode comes out so uh, we don't ruin it for everybody. Mm. But it's your turn to pick for our next episode. So, what will we be watching? Um, I think you are going to be delighted at what I've picked next, Greg. But
0: I think you're also going to be a little bit pissed off because <laughs> this is very much a Greg choice. Okay, and I think I've stolen it from you. Possibly. Okay. Um, I think if you look at our our output over the last sixty eight episodes, um, I think people could probably pick. Well, Nikki picked that. Greg picked that. Nikki picked that. Greg picked that. This would be a Greg pick. Um, but yeah, I've I've swiped it from you. So. <laughs> We are, um, we're going to be heading to the woods on our next episode of The Swally, and we're going to have a little day off, and we're going to meet up with our old friends, Peter McDougall,
1: John Morrison, and Billy Conley, as we look at The Elephant's Graveyard. Oh, I haven't watched that for years.
0: Excellent. Mm, Yeah. Cool. Wonderful. We'll uh, get some fortified wine chilling in the river before (laughs) we watch it on the episode. Uh, right well thank you so much for listening everyone I hope you enjoyed the show if you want to follow us on the socials you can you can follow us on Instagram at cultureswallypod or you could follow us on Twitter at swallypod and if you want to get in touch with us with anything you would like us to review or anything you've seen in the news that you'd like us to cover you can you can email us on cultureswally at gmail.com and Greg is about to tell you about our wonderful website
1: yep uh, you can find us at uh, cultureswally.com uh, There's links to all the episodes um, including this one and uh, some essays about the Crankies, Scottish television and Scottish horror where I don't write about the Lord of Tears <laughs> but I do <didn't> mention it <laughs>
0: Well, you should maybe do a post about Lord of Tears Maybe, yeah perhaps yeah. As long as I have to watch yeah. it again
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Right Okay. Uh, yes, uh, a link to Lord of Tears will be in the podcast description <laughs> if you would like to watch it. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Get in touch with us and uh, let us know if you uh, if you enjoyed Lord of Tears as much as we did. Right? Okay. Um. I guess I'll I'll speak to you very shortly, Greg. Then. Yeah. All right. Okay. Till next time. Till next time.
1: It's nice to be out here, though. The house can get quite oppressive. <sighs> mm hmm. Oh, I was um, looking through my French book again, and I found another word with no translation. I think it's my new favorite. Retrovi. The happiness of meaning again after a long time. Beautiful.